the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so Totalitarian, despotic governments for decades, millenniums, have used race to balkanize citizens. The Third Reich was very successful at using race to balkanize their citizens and creating a government supremacy that the Fourth Reich is doing right now today in these shores. They're masters at it. Deception. And they need to be resisted at all costs. My next guest is one of those people resisting them. He's a Dallas-based entrepreneur and researcher who starred in the hit 2020 film Uncle Tom and the subsequent 2022 hit Uncle Tom 2. He's a frequent contributor to podcasts, radio shows, news programs. His name is Chad Jackson. Chad, how are you? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me on the show. Chad, I have to tell you, I lived my whole life never judging people by color. My ism that I have a bias against is communism. Marxism, socialism, the reason that this country has sent millions, arguably, of men to go fight and defeat. Racism is something that is only the bastion of the moron. But yet here we are living in a society that has government supremacy versus race supremacy. Do enough people pick up on this? Are they aware of it? And the people who are victimized by government supremacy are often black people as they are cast into the ghettos of government supremacists in Chicago and New York, New Jersey, and California. They're called ghettos and they're creations of government. Are enough people aware of this? No, not enough people are aware of it at all. And um, what they're additionally not aware of is the fact that for a long time, people who we call black leaders or civil rights leaders have systematically contributed to uh, this existence of the ghettos that we see. Um, they come and they posture themselves as liberators, as people who have the answers to bring about freedom and liberation for blacks. And all the while, they are merely selling blacks to the Democrat Party and to this leftism that's bringing in Marxism wholesale. The irony of the Democrat Party is that that's the party of the Klan. The irony exactly. is that they celebrate a known racist, LBJ who manipulated a bill called the Civil Rights Bill to cast upon the seed of welfare that destroyed so much of many communities, but specifically the black community. And he did it because he knew that it would buy a party allegiance and a dependency to which you can abuse people for generations. Was he so successful that we can't pull up from the racist-created LBJ Civil Rights Act? 
Well, the thing about LBJ is he was merely a figurehead. Um, he was an opportunistic politician who, uh, to your point, was racist and died racist. However, when it came to the uh, part of the Civil Rights Act and m- much of the legislation that came out of the LBJ uh, administration, which married black people to the Democrat Party, a lot of that had to do with more sinister uh, kind of political strategists like Cloward and Piven, who understood that if you can remove the man from the home, if you can uh, inject a spirit of degeneracy amongst blacks, you can then marry them to the government. And here we are. There's also a plot afoot, a woman who spoke to the Ku Klux Klan on numerous occasions, the founder and the creator of the abortion mill called Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger. Do people understand that these abortion clinics are strategically put to communities to keep the black population at a stagnant 12%, which it has been at since LBJ was doing jumping jacks? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, That, too, has a very vast uh, uh, history. Um, And to your point, no, people aren't aware of the fact that Margaret Sanger was part of what was called the eugenics movement, who believed in the superior race, the superior class. Uh, that if you were white and poor or if you were black in general or any uh, non-white uh, ethnicity, then you were undesirable. If you had any kind of mental illnesses, you are undesirable, and thus you need to be eradicated from the human race. And so at first they were a little bit more kind of pious and more uh, in your face about their beliefs, and then when they realized that their beliefs weren't really settling well in society— they began to uh, preach their message in a more uh, clandestine way, in a more uh, romantic way. And Planned Parenthood in itself uh, is a slogan that sounds friendly, that sounds amiable, but the reality is it's part and parcel of this eugenics movement to rid society of the less desirable racists. And so it's interesting that black people, um, you know, these, these Planned Parenthood clinics are situated, to your point, and these predominantly black areas and black people go to them, (laughs) you know, they, they go and they offer up their children uh, for a quote unquote better life. You know, if um, there's a phenomenon with money that I, I, I I can't understand why people do not point this out. If you took American black entrepreneurs, American black earners, and you put their money together, they would register as the eighth most successful country in the world. Yet why is there this perception that black people need government? And why are so many people of of the black race lured by this distraction that is meant to control and imprison so many people in the welfare system? That's a very good question. And I think my answer, uh, some might find controversial. In fact, many might find controversial. Uh, and that is that many blacks, unfortunately, and the uh, whole of society in, in reality look at black people or black culture as being this kind of of uh, childlike culture. And in other words, a culture that needs a paternal figure. And this is where the government comes into play. And the reason for that is because of the civil rights movement. Uh, prior to the civil rights movement, blacks had as their kind of uh, uh, thing to aspire to people like Booker T. Washington, who taught, cast down your bucket where you are, be an entrepreneur, be a man of integrity, 
Uh, it's on you. Nobody's going to give it to you. Um, be productive. That was the way in which my father and great grandfather and, you know, my whole lineage have really put into practice uh, success. And it wasn't until the 1960s when we had people like Martin Luther King come. And Martin Luther King was very charming. He was very charismatic, but he too was a Marxist. And he taught us how to grieve and how to, in a sense, beg the government. And so we went from a trying race to more of a crying race. And ever since the 1960s, you have people like Al Sharpton, people like Jesse Jackson, who are part of that same kind of uh, agenda that Martin Luther King was on, this kind of social gospel uh, agenda, wherein we put all of our hope, all of our trust in what the government is or is not willing to do for us, rather than what we are or are not willing to do for ourselves. And even though, to your point, if you were to take the collected wealth of blacks in this country, we would make for the eighth wealthiest country. Uh, but rather than looking at the good and looking at the positive and what we've contributed and what we've uh, uh, succeeded in doing, we focus instead on the lower elements of our society, uh, of, of black culture. And for that reason, we are forever uh, in this kind of victim role where we don't look at the glass half full. We look at it as half, half empty. There are predators in all races. I'm lucky enough to be born in the late 60s and raised by people with an IQ over 60, so I was taught not to judge people by who they, how they look, but who they were, and I still abide by that. However, government has been very successful at separating Americans and discounting the achievements of people of color and balkanizing them. But yet here we are, where the worst areas are not just occupied by people of a specific race, but often ruled by people of a specific place. Uh, race, excuse me. As you look at Chicago, all of the leadership, for the most part, is black. But yet they have the poorest education system, the poorest quality of life. We are in a mayor's race in Chicago, where it is against a black Marxist, a well-known Marxist, and a, a white moron. I don't like him at all. He's a Democrat <laughs> forever. But we are seeing the separation by race. And I'm wondering, all of those leaders you named, most of them are predators of their race. They're from the Church of Perpetual Tax Evasion. They're not reverends. Al Sharpton was caught in a drug dealer on an FBI. He's got hookers and the rest of it. He owed the government three and a half, four million dollars. Obama gets in and they squash it. Is this just because humanity is in its infancy and it's unaware of the Willie Ellis's, of the Al Sharptons, of the Jesse Jackson who's knocking up waitresses? Ironically, not black and not paying child support. Are people just so stupid they refuse to learn i think that's part of it and uh, a lot of it is you know our fault um and by our i mean uh, you know the the common man uh because you know i'm a self-educated man everything most of what i know I, i've done my own research to to figure out and so you know in, a, in an age where we have computers and libraries and archives and everything else there really is no excuse for ignorance however uh, the fact is, our public school systems are systematically churning out uh, people who do not think critically, who are, in a sense, pawns of the state or statists, and are trained to believe the so-called expert class. And many of these folks you'll find in the expert class are individuals who do have a bent toward Marxism. And so uh, when it comes to the Jesse Jacksons, the AOCs, the you know, you name them, whatever ethnic group they belong to, um, 
these people don't get challenged in a real real way because they are the ones who we we are told are the heroes. These are the ones who are the ones who are going to basically uh, make everything right if everything went their way. The Miley Cyruses of the world, the Joey Behars of the world. Um, Her husband's they, an they unlucky are... caballero, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. These people are simply clueless, but because they uh, they are willing to say the right words uh, that are on this kind of quest to this globalist agenda, this kind of secular leftist agenda, um, they, they get fair play. What is it about the American white person? Is it just cowardice or ignorance that they refuse to address the topic that is used as a weapon against the American white people, especially if they disagree with the government supremacist Marxist, the Democrats, and their fear to talk about slavery. There has never been, in the history of mankind, any race of people more used as slaves than the Jew. But yet yeah. no one talks about it. The, the farthest, thousands of years, abused, the quality of life murdered, used as fodder. In America, the first slaves were the Ulster Scots, followed by the Irish, then the Italians, the blacks were also obviously slaves in the very beginning. However, slavery still lives in Africa. The American government gives the slave master $55 billion while people are still being killed in Africa. Saudi Arabia openly practices slavery. America gives that government not just money, but makes it possible that they can even have money by allowing a cartel of oil swindlers. Uh, yeah. Do you think American people are just afraid because they don't want to be tied to the slave master rather than proud that it was my ancestors that fought for the Union against slave masters? Are they just cowards? That's a that's a good question. The The answer in part is yes. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. But I, I would add to that also the fact that, you see, these leftists, at least when it comes to uh, their stratagems, the people who are really pulling the strings and calling the shots and you know making the definitions and so on. These are the ones who are very systematically and strategically going about uh, enticing this kind of guilt that many white people have. This guilt where you know we're afraid to talk about slavery and talk about true American history, and many whites are kind of forced to capitulate to this kind of history, this revisionist history, and, and not question it, not challenge it. Um, and that's what it is. It's guilt. And when you look at corporate America and the fact that they have many of these, you know, so-called diversity and inclusion uh, departments and HR, you see it in education where they're rolling out critical race theory. Uh, they're trying to, in a sense, embed this guilt complex into the whole of American society at every facet of American society, from education all the way up to corporate America and everything in between. Even in a lot of churches, uh, they have this kind of uh, what they're calling racial reconciliation. And it's a, a mere um, excuse to try to usher in Marxism into the church. And so it's not just something that we're talking about on the radio. This is happening actively as we speak, oh. where there's these these strategic ways in which they're trying to uh, entice this, this spirit of guilt into white folks so as to not protect and conserve this great republic of ours. And it seems to me that um, what the government doesn't say, 
It's not racism they're against. It's the power of racism they want to wield. The irony in this moron, Joe Biden, pretending to be a representative of people of any color or race, the fact that he is one of the few senators who not only eulogized, but hung around with a Klan member by the name of Robert Byrd, may he burn in hell next to Madeleine Albright, makes me sick. Do enough Democrat voters know this? I mean, I don't think they care because many of them have a conscience that's feared. Many of them are morally bankrupt. And again, this goes to this secular society in which we now live. Uh, This is not our grandparents' America. Black, white, doesn't matter. Um, The fact is, when you look at the true of the truity of American history, you'll find that blacks and whites were getting along, even in spite of Jim Crow. This is not the history that we're taught. Our historians don't talk about it. I, I delved into this history myself, and I found that there were interracial commissions in the South uh, where blacks and whites were coming together out of their own volition, not out of any government mandate or anything of that nature, out of their own volition. And we're getting along with each other to the extent that you had a lot of these so-called church bombings and so on. Many of this stuff was happening by communists clandestinely in order to try to uh, give an excuse for uh, Martin Luther King and his ilk to march in the streets. Yes. Um, This is a history that's not talked about. But what what they wanted was to say that we're all about nonviolence, nonviolence, nonviolence. they didn't pull permits, and they would have these large marchings. Uh, and, of course, you know, the sheriffs have to show up because of noise and because of the stopping of traffic, so on and so forth. And then whenever it was time to disperse the crowds and these people wouldn't leave, of course you have to use force to move them. And then the cameras start rolling, and then the rest of his- rest is history. Um, and now all of a sudden you have all this legislation that creates this kind of Sick. imbalance, and we're no longer – a meritocracy. We're now a a society where if you're black, if you're, you know, LGBT, if you are any kind of intersectionality, you get more rights than the average American citizen and uh we're becoming a uh, more of a communist country by the by the minute. It's sickening, Chad. You know, it it always shocks people when they find out the race of people as it was called back then even though it's not a race. But the largest lynching in American history was ironically Italians. There were 11 of them hung in Louisiana by the government. Three of them mm-hmm. were shot. They, nobody talks about this. And not, not until 1965 were Italians considered Caucasian, ironically, in the same law that, uh, that uh, LBJ signed. But you are going to represent another area where black and white and brown and all races are going to come together to celebrate Americanism. It's often referred to as conservative, but I view it as Americanism. Tell me about the summit in Chicago on March 24th and 5th. Yeah, so tomorrow and Saturday uh, we're having a conservative summit. It's called the Black Conservative Summit. Uh, It's going to have people like Alan West, uh, Dr. Vody, or yeah, Dr. Vody Bauckham, uh, Mr. Larry Elder, among some of your other favorite conservatives, I'll be there. Um, in fact, we're having a free screening of Uncle Tom Two uh, tomorrow uh, evening there in Chicago. So I'm looking forward to to it. I think we're going to have a blast. I've been lucky enough to meet Alan West, and I really like him. Um, I, it, I wish I could be there and, and and see all of you again. And I advocate everybody go tomorrow. Uh, one more time, where is it? 
Um, I'm not sure of those those details uh, actually. Tinley Park. Can go to yeah, yeah Tinley Park. There you go. You can go to uh, uh, BlackConservativeSummit.org, I believe, and um, find out more about the event. Get tickets. Not Chad Dot Jackson. Net. I want to thank you very much for making yourself available, and please tell Alan West I said hello. And uh, okay. I, I'm 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 envious that you're going to be there, and I'm I'm mad I'm not. But I want to thank you for making the effort, and I want to thank you for fighting the fight. It's worth it. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.